This is Howard Anderson, news editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're addressing the topic of how to pick the right breach response services vendor. Our guest is Robert Peterson, Chief Technology Officer at ACR2 Solutions. Thanks for joining us today, Bob. I appreciate the invitation. First, why don't you tell us a bit about your company and your role there? Okay. Uh, I'm Chief Technical Officer for Acer2 Solutions. Uh, we're a member of the Hewlett-Packard Healthcare Alliance, and we specialize in automated information security risk assessment in the financial and medical industries. As CTO, my job involves keeping up with current standards of care and information security risk management. It's very much a moving target. Now, information breaches are a big deal, especially in the medical area. The patient cost to remedy a medical identity theft can exceed $20,000 per patient. Costs in the financial information breach can also be significant. Bank officers and directors can be held personally liable if they do not provide adequate information security. So this is very much a live and current topic. Under what circumstances does it make sense to seek outside help with breach resolution? Is outside assistance most important for breaches over a certain size, for example? Uh, actually, no. Because of the liability issues, anytime you have a breach or potential breach, an outside response vendor is useful. Rightly or wrongly, they bring a level of credibility that is difficult to equal by the company that potentially lost the customer data. So does it make sense to size up potential breach response vendors before even experiencing a breach to help shorten the amount of time it takes to complete an investigation and mitigate the risks? Absolutely. Uh, the time to select a vendor is before you need one. Any company can be breached, and for some firms, an information security breach is probably at least as likely as a major fire. You don't wait till the office is filled with smoke to price your fire extinguishers. What are the most important questions to pose to a breach response service vendor before you select one? What should you be asking them? There's three basic functions to be provided by a breach consultant during an engagement. Uh, the first one is assessing the real risk to my clients. The second is assessing the liability of my organization. And the third is advising me on what do we do next. Uh, to start at the top, the real risk to a client from a breach is not always obvious. It depends very much on the details of the breach. The potential consultant should be asked the question, how do you plan to estimate the real risks to my clients from a potential breach? And that's probably worth repeating. How do you plan to estimate the real risks to my client from a potential breach. Not every incident is a breach. A good answer here would be we'll review the records content, the storage details, the breach details, write an assessment of the risk. A possibly better answer is we'll reenact the breach and experimentally determine if client data is actually at risk. And a not so good answer that you'll hear a lot is it depends on the details. That's probably accurate, but that's not enough information to select a consultant. Now, the economic value of a breach consultant on this task is substantial. Uh, this morning I looked up the HHS interim final rule on breach notification. This is a big loophole that everybody needs to be aware of. Quote, if a covered entity promptly investigates a reported breach and can swiftly conclude that there was no breach, then the covered entity need not send out breach notifications. And this is huge. If you can determine through your consultant the data was improperly accessed but it was not put at risk, this can save you literally millions of dollars. Many times real risk levels are not obvious. Um, example, 
theft or loss of a backup tape in an obscure format. This is where a breach consultant can provide invaluable and credible support if they have the expertise and can testify to it in court. So once you've determined the real risks or determined that your consultant can do that, the next question is, how do you plan to estimate my organization's potential liability? And keywords and phrases to listen for this include negligence, reasonable and appropriate, willful neglect, reasonable diligence. Under HIPAA and GLEBA, a breach is not in and of itself proof of negligence. The HIPAA standard for information security involves implementing reasonable and appropriate safeguards against reasonably foreseeable risks. This is also true for financial data under the Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act. Absolute security is not required and it's not even theoretically possible. With enough resources, any system can be breached, including the Pentagon, who was penetrated last year. So assessing organization liability involves considering the risks of the data, review of the procedures and safeguards in use, and comparison of the safeguards to some standard for reasonable and appropriate, quote, unquote. An important sub-question for the consultant is, what standard of care do you use to determine reasonable and appropriate? An acceptable answer would be along the lines of, we use the International Standards Organization, ISO 27001 and 27002. A better answer is we use the standards published by the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Uh, the Office of Civil Rights audits HIPAA, and they cite the NIST protocols as the industry standard. Both the OCC and the OCR are required to use NIST protocols internally. It just makes sense to use the same protocols. Unfortunately, a common but not real good answer for a reasonable, appropriate standard of care is we use a proprietary set of standards based on our many years of experience. Well, I'm sorry. I've met a lot of smart people out there. But I'm Dave and I'm real smart just doesn't carry the same weight in court as this is how the federal government said to do it. Now, failure of an organization to comply with reasonable and appropriate can be costly. Under HIPAA, an organization that commits willful neglect of HIPAA security rules can be fined a minimum of $50,000 per incident, up to $1.5 million in a single year. This is not theoretical. Earlier this month, Tennessee Blue Cross Blue Shield was fined $1.5 million under that statute. Under the Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act, bank officers and directors can be personally liable for $11,000 per day of violation. They can lose their banking license and in some cases receive up to five years in prison. Understanding your liability is key to managing it. Now, if your consultant determines that you are actually in willful neglect, which is unfortunately common, and you have a breach, it's critically important that you aggressively deal with the breach and fixing the vulnerability that was exploited. This is no time to drag your heels and try to minimize your cost. If you're visibly doing everything possible, you may get some consideration from the regulators, even if you started the situation willful neglect. So at this point, you should be almost ready to select your breach consultant. Hopefully, you'll have two or three that meet the basic requirements. And the last question would be, how soon can you get started if we have a breach? So what are the key elements of a breach response plan, and which components of breach resolution are best suited for outsourcing to a vendor? Well, the key tasks for breach response are, first, assessment of the actual risk, and secondly, notification of all of the potential clients. Uh, we've already discussed actual risk assessment, and it is key 
to have a credible outside consultant do that assessment, particularly if the results end up in your favor, which is often the case. The ability to notify all of your customers is important and it's not easy. You have to notify down to the last 10 uh, and I doubt that very many organizations have got absolutely current address information for all of their thousands of customers. This is where an experienced consultant can be a big help. They know a lot of tricks. So what insights can you offer on negotiating the best possible price for these breach resolution services then? A lot depends on whether or not your organization is in willful neglect. If you've never done a risk assessment or it's more than a year old, you're in willful neglect and if you have a breach, your issue isn't cost, it's survival. Uh, Red Adair, the oil well firefighting expert, was once asked, how much will it cost to put out my oil well fire? And his response was, sir, if you can ask that question, you don't need me bad enough yet. Click. Now, if you're not in willful neglect, you've got a lot more options. And you need a lot less service. So you need to know what your information security status is. And there's not much of an excuse for not having that information at your fingertips. There's literally thousands of consultants who can write up a risk assessment. Uh, there's software available from multiple sources. If you don't know what your risk status is, you're playing Russian roulette with your customer's data. Now, if you've got a solid program, you don't need a lot of expensive services. If you don't have a solid program, you need everything you can get. So when you're looking at cost, the fastest and cheapest thing you can do to negotiate the best price is put your company in a solid information security status and then only negotiate for the stuff you still really need. Very good. Then finally, do you have any other tips on how to select the right breach response vendor partner? Again, the main thing depends on how vulnerable you currently are. If you have legitimately implemented reasonable and appropriate safeguards using a recognizable objective standard against reasonably foreseeable risks, you don't need a lot of help. If you need a lot of help, uh, price becomes a lot less relevant. So the best thing you can do to reduce the price is do your risk assessment, set up your program, get your situation into control, and then get whatever's left over. Uh, you're not required to be bulletproof. You're required to be reasonable and appropriate. So the more stuff you've already got in place, the less of a damage a breach is. If a breach happens and you have already implemented your reasonable and appropriate safeguards, it's still your loss. You still have to fix the vulnerability, but it's no longer your fault. Well, thanks very much. We've been talking today with Robert Peterson of ACR2 Solutions. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening.